Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of Thriving Thoughts. I'm your host, Dr. Sherry. Oh my goodness, you guys, I am so excited for today's conversation. We are going back to the very beginning, the show, the person, really, the woman who started it all. My very first guest, Michelle Hilliard, is back today with a beautiful message that I cannot wait for you to hear. Listen, Michelle and I have grown so close over the last couple of years. We've laughed together. We've cried together. And the thing that I love and honor most about Michelle is her ability to be candidly vulnerable, to be so brave in sharing the things that she's gone through. And you know, as we were having this conversation, I really started to think about how many of you are going to relate to what Michelle has to share. You know, sometimes we make really big plans for our lives. We make lists, we make goals, and then something happens and the train tracks get shifted. Unexpectedly, you're kind of thrown into an unknown, unfamiliar, a place that you never thought you'd be. And you have a couple of choices. I'm going to get out of the way and just let Michelle share her heart and let you hear how she has dealt with life interrupted. Please enjoy my conversation with my friend, Michelle Hilliard. Michelle Hilliard, scene of the crime, we're returning. (laughs) (laughs) I looked up this time like, you know what you're doing? And I have professional podcasting equipment. So, (laughs) Well, you are also a podcaster now, are you not? Yes. Yes, I am. I am. You look like one too. (laughs) I do. I know. I'm like covered with paint because... My husband and I took the day off to get some projects done. We got a lot of people coming for Thanksgiving. And so we've been painting our living room and I'm wearing my paint clothes that I always wear. They're special because we paint from everything we've painted Mm -hmm. in the last however many years. How long have you lived in that house that you've lived in now? Just two. Just two. So you're kind of redoing things the way that you want them to be now? (laughs) No, well, we painted it when we moved in, and I was so excited. I found this oh. Anna Gaines color I loved, and I'm like, yay. And then I look on a blog. I'm like, but I want to get the cheaper version because I don't want to pay all that money for paint. And so I looked on a blog, and I said, here's the equivalent to the shiplap color for Joanna Gaines. <laughs> I'm like, yay. So I just did it. And it didn't turn out so well. No, it was like light mint green, and I didn't want green. Mint green, and so like I've hated it for two years, but I did not want to go through the effort of repainting. Yeah, and so we. So now you did, and you love it. Oh my gosh, our whole living room is brighter and less yellowy green. Nice, (laughs) nice. It's kind of like you know some things. um, The name brand, like you can get the generic stuff on, but some Mm -hmm. things, like you know, when it comes to food and stuff like that, there's some things that work and some things that don't. No, like you absolutely, if you like, I don't know what my deal, my deal is now, if I want to get paint, I go to the store that has the paint color and I find the match that I like there. And I go with that one versus saying, oh, if you get this color in Sherwin-Williams, then it's right. this color in Bayer. Right. And I'm like, no, no right. I learned the hard way. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, there is no 
generic equivalent of you, my friend. I'm super, <laughs> I'm super excited to have you back on this show. It's been over a year. And for the people listening, um, oh my gosh, so much has happened since you were first on the show. But one, I, I really credit you with, um, in large part to the success of the show because you were the first episode, you know, when I started the show, I had nobody lined up, right? Uh-huh. I had like nobody lined up. I had I had my start date, which was August 5th, my launch date. Other than that, I had nothing. And uh, you so graciously agreed. And we did it four times. But this time, you know, we're both such pros that we're getting it right. But I really do. I, I think back and so much has happened. In fact, now we've branched out into having male guests on the show and I have a bunch of male listeners now. So it's been really fun. And I thought, what better way to kind of celebrate a certain milestone that the Thriving Thoughts podcast just had, which is over 5,000 downloads now. Oh my gosh. So, yeah. Yeah. It's super exciting. And so I wanted to go back to the scene of the crime. Where it all started with you, my friend, Michelle oh. Hilliard. So what's up? What's new since last August? <laughs> what is new? And what are you thriving in the thick August. of? <laughs> I'm laughing because we're sitting here and neither you nor I are in the same place that we were last oh, year. You haven't been in the same house. You're not, but. <laughs> no, like so far from where we were. Oh no, like this past year has been a freaking, sorry, can I say freaking? What? Um, <laughs> Sorry. Okay, you can edit that out. This past year has been a stinking trust walk. <laughs> I'm not editing anything out. It's been a trust walk. I um oh my gosh, I just got through writing a blog article for a group that I write with called Little with Great Love. And I believe Lisa Martinez was on your show. Yeah, she was season wow. two, maybe. Yeah, I think so. I don't remember. I'll have to look it up. Like popping out the seasons like babies. So <laughs> <laughs> and I would know. <laughs> yes, you would. Oh yeah. For those of you who don't know, I have six kids, so that's why. That's what. That's what I mean by that. But okay, um, so you're writing for Little with Great Love, right? And so I just finished a blog article that's going to post here soon called "I Have a Plan for You." Mm. And really, I thought it was really cool that you asked me to be back on, and the reason why. You had asked me to be one of one of the reasons why being you're like, you know, this whole podcast is about thriving in the thick of it. And boy, have you been in the middle of it for a year. <laughs> so listen, I just, okay, so I have to do this. Do I have your permission to read the text that I wrote you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. My life's an open book. <laughs> I won't read the text that you wrote me, but I'll read the text that I wrote you if I can find it. But um and the reason that I want to read it is because this season is thriving in the thick of it. And I'm like, okay, so how do I, you know, find women who are thriving in the thick of it? And I, I thought of you. And so this is what I texted you. By the by, would you be interested in recording an updated podcast episode with me? I've been thinking about you thriving in the thick of <laughs> getting a job, moments of lamenting your purpose and path adjustments adjustment, oldest going to college, still young ones at home, and having a live-in father-in-law. I think that qualifies for thriving in the thick of it. I will say this past year has been filled with a lot of tears. Yeah. Um, and heartache and change and question. Yeah. And moments of anger. 
with all the changes mm-hmm. and moments of having to be reminded and, and really uh, starting to say that prayer to the Lord, just give me a heart of compassion. Yeah. Um, especially with my, my father-in-law, he's a really, really good person. Um, but you know, when you take two people with two different personalities, you put them in the same house. Um, <laughs> there's gonna be times when compassion yeah. is a little bit difficult. And uh, I firmly, well, there's not just two different people in the house. There's nine of you. <laughs> right. Right. Well, no, now well, eight. Eight. My, son, okay. my son's in college, but yeah, no. And right. it's like, Knowing, like, I firmly believe that our, our, my, my passion and purpose in this life, um, is truly to, to love, to shine God's light to others mm-hmm. and just to, to give my life to God and say, use it. Mm-hmm. And so when I act in ways that aren't compassionate and aren't kind, um, it leaves me in the end struggling. Yeah. Um, with that question of, you know, okay, why, why, why am I struggling here? And then just that prayer. Okay. I obviously have a very hot temper. So <laughs> do you obviously, I've never been on the receiving end of that. No, but you've heard me upset, Sherry. Come on. Yeah, I have. I mean, come on. I, I, I actually recall a time when you were upset, Michelle, and you said, I laughed at you. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's so mean. So I, I was frustrated because I, if you, actually the first time I was on this podcast, I was talking about a women's organization that I was building and I was super excited about it. Um, and that dream is on hold. It is not over. However, That's the right. way it ended was very heartbreaking for me. Yeah. And I was seeing all the areas where I failed, where I wasn't being perfect. And all I wanted to do is to do things right. I wanted to do it right. And when I didn't do it right, I was so upset. And I just looked at Sherry and I was crying. And I said, I just want to be perfect. And she just looks at me and starts laughing. I'm so insensitive that way. You're so insensitive. I'm crying and you're laughing. And then, of course, like I stopped for a second and I realized, okay, you know, she's like, <laughs> it's absurd, right? Yeah, like, none like, of us no are perfect. perfect people. Like, Jesus yeah. is perfect, but there's no other perfect people. Like, are you serious? Like, yeah. Expecting yourself to do something that no one else is doing? Yeah. Well, let me, okay. I want to ask you a question because I just listened to a message yesterday and it, it was perfect timing because I had already asked you to be on the show perfect? and I thought, yeah, perfect. The timing was perfect. <laughs> Not the person, the timing. I'm a brat. I know. I, you are. Well, and that's why I love you. That's why I have you back on the show. So um, the message was about, you know, dr- our dreams and yeah. uh, the dreams that we have. And, you know, you've had a dream for some time to be um, and, and I'll probably put words in your mouth, but to be impactful, to leave a legacy, to leave a mark, to work with women, you love working with women, yeah. um, on whatever level that might be. And your dream has, as it was a year and a half ago when we chatted was interrupted for lack of a better term and rerouted. And so I know that that in and of itself is enough to feel like you're thriving in the thick of it when things are interrupted and you right. know the 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 tracks get shifted to another direction. So could you share with us a little bit about how your tracks have shifted and what that journey's been like for you? Oh my gosh. Yeah, like oh my gosh, I'm totally going to cry because good. I'm at that time, ladies, where <laughs> a lot of things make us cry, but this has been something that um it's huge. You're right. Like I've always had a, a dream and a vision. Um, wanted my life to matter. And I s- have seen other people step into the, 
the calling that God has had in their lives. And I've seen the impact that they've had. And that to me is beautiful and mm-hmm. it's amazing. And I tend to go after things I want. And so I'm like, I want God to use me like that. So I'm going to go make it happen. Mm-hmm. And well, like I said, I was right. So I, I love that you're, we're sharing this now because I just wrote an article. It's going to be posted on littlewithgreatlove.com here soon, but, and I'm going to share even in a little more depth, but the words that God gave me recently um, were, I have a plan for you. Mm-hmm. Emphasizing the word plan. Mm-hmm. Because I had a year ago, I had this dream and this vision that I was going to build this network that was going to impact women. I've seen, I have nine sisters. I have worked with women coaching and fitness. I have um, just just worked with women throughout my life. And yeah. I have seen, and being one myself who struggled for years with my sense of purpose, with my enoughness, I yeah. never thought I was enough. I would remind myself every moment of every day of what a failure and what a horrible person I was and who would want to like me anyway, because I didn't even like myself. Mm-hmm. Um, for years, that was my story. And so when I, God brought me so much healing, I was very excited to build this network because it was going to be all about helping women see their beauty and their genius. You know, John Carl yeah. II and, and Edith Stein was a great philosopher and, and both of them had talked about um, the genius in women, like our femininity, like it's so easy in this day and age to question our femininity, Mm -hmm. question our value and worth to see that, that it's okay that we're different essentially from men. Like when you look at the the average woman and the, and the average man that we are born with these innate gifts. Mm -hmm. And so uh, when you see a, a woman start to see their value and their worth and that their uniqueness is, can actually be a gift. Yeah is amazing. And so this is where I was last fall. And I came up with an online with a course, I wrote out a whole course called becoming a woman genius. Mm -hmm. And it was all based on everything I've learned from Brene Brown, John C. Maxwell, from uh, John Paul II, from some of the saints from scripture. Mm -hmm. And it was all based on helping women get to know themselves to learn how to tame the wild Mustang brain, (laughs) which is what I call when we allow our brain just to run like crazy. And to step into their passion and purpose. And Mm -hmm. so come beginning of January, when my business partner basically told me, she's like, I don't, I don't want to work with you anymore. Um, I was just like, I was taken aback. I was taken by surprise. And all I heard was, is you're not enough. And I had over It comes back in cycles. Well, you know, I want to just touch on that really quickly. I was just having a conversation with somebody this morning that um, all of us, just like you're going to talk about, everybody has a specific design or plan or purpose or dream that that God has instilled in them for their life. Mm-hmm. We also all have a silver thread of um, lies that runs through our lives from young to now that I think never really changes, but every single thing in our life that comes up that could possibly refer, refer us to that or um, remind us of that, it will. And so that thread is different for everybody. And so I don't know what yours is, if whoever's listening, but so Michelle, yours is this not enoughness and it's this, it's, it's a new situation. It's a different situation, but it's still another situation that brings your attention back to that silver thread of lies and, um, attempts to derail you. 
Right. And I think it comes in cycles throughout life. Just like you said, like it's come in cycles in my life and every single time God has healed me from another layer of not enoughness. And Mm -hmm. this time it was like, it hit me hard. I didn't expect to be in this place again, where I was questioning everything where, I mean, I remember laying in bed. Cause so just to fill you guys in, in the past year and a half, I, um, I had, uh, some friends, basically I was helping build a group texting business and they went behind my back, made some changes and that ended up, ended up walking away because it, it was not a good situation. And I ended up uh, leaving another network marketing business that I was growing in the team. And I ended up having um, just a lot of hurt from another situation there. And then I had this other situation, which happened with women genius and In all three of them, I saw what God was teaching me. And there was a lesson. And we have to do that when we look at their failures in life or what we think are failures, right? Especially if we're living every day our best and we're doing the best we can and we're really leaning into what we believe our passion and our purpose is, Mm -hmm. that the lessons that we learned there, maybe that's why we were there. And so for me with the group texting business, I I was, I sent a message and I will never forget. And I said, I know my value and I know my worth and this Mm -hmm. isn't it, Mm -hmm. which is the first time it's about enoughness. It's the first time in my life. Where I stood up and said, I know my value, I know my worth. You know, that's really key because um, one of the truths that I've discovered recently, whatever you want other people to believe about you or whatever your silver thread of lies is, you have to be the first one. You have to be on the front line. You have to be the first one willing to defend that before anybody else will. We have to fight it. And and yeah. so I did. I stepped in. I, okay. It's like, I know my value. I know my worth. That's not it. And the network marketing one, it was a company where there was, everything was, well, the leader said this, so I'm doing this. The leader said this, so I'm doing this. People weren't thinking for themselves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I stood up and I remember like, no, no, I, I am who I am and I'm going to step, I'm going to, I'm going to step into that. And I'm not going to like in the past, I've let groups and, and things just kind of lead me in. Mm-hmm. And so I just learned to just kind of step up and, and know who I am and to be okay with walking away. Again. What was the breaking point for you? Because you said that was the first time that you really stood up for yourself. What was the catalyst? Like, um, with this why, <laughs> why then, you know, it was because when, well, when I had first joined it, I love supporting my network marketing friends. And so I said, well, I'll join, but I want to be able to join other network marketing companies just because I like to support my friends. Mm-hmm. And they said, that's fine. And so then I, I had joined another company and they said, if you join this company, you're out. You're out of everything. Even though I was building a team, I had a team I was running, I was running calls and all these things. They said, if you do this, you're out. And all I could think was, <laughs> it reminded me of like a, the whole, um, like a commune type thing where you have a leader, you do what they say or else. Mm-hmm. And to mm-hmm. me, that's not freedom. Mm-hmm. It wasn't freedom. And I'm like, I don't want any part of this. There's a Which million- is what many of those network marketing companies um, offer. Or promise, right? Freedom. It does. And and there are some that do it great. And there are some that, yeah. that in this just particular team, it just was not, it was not for me. And the way that my friend presented that to me after telling me I could do whatever I wanted, it was just like, okay, this isn't, this isn't okay. Yeah. And so I trusted my gut though. And that you and I had this conversation because my mm-hmm. gut said something was off. Mm-hmm. And I remember telling you, well, I, I don't, I, I were friends though. And I was, I just can't believe that something's off. But my gut says that. And you're like, Michelle, when are you going to trust your gut? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I did. I did. Guys, you know, we have to, be, we have to trust that sense yeah. that something's not right. Yeah. You know, what we do with that, you know, might be that we're just aware yeah. and we're paying attention. It doesn't mean we have to necessarily walk away from a friendship. It means yeah. to be aware. Yeah. Right. And listen then, to the voice. Just listen, lean in and listen. Yeah. 
Right. And the third thing is, um, I remember when things, I could just sense something was off with, with, uh, woman genius. And I was just like, okay, Lord, um, I need a word here because I'm struggling. And I don't ask the Lord for words very often. I just, I just don't, I don't want to presume upon the Holy spirit or feel like I can just open my Bible and there's a word. <laughs> right. But I just felt like, like, I just felt this sense of, <laughs> you know how many of us use God as like the ultimate dealer, like, Hey, give me a good hand here. Yeah. I know. Right. And so I did, I did, I absolutely did. And I just felt like I was supposed to read the scripture for the day. Um, and so I went to the scripture for the day and uh, for mass and the scripture basically said, because um, my dream and my goal with the organization was really to lean more and more into my faith. Mm-hmm. And my partner was leaning more and more into not. Mm-hmm. And so there was this struggle back and forth, but I also um, trusted that regardless of whether it was a faith-based group or not, God can always work. So I wasn't... Sure. It wasn't a, a make or break for me, but I opened up the scripture and it was the one where it was saying about how, um, if, if you deny me on earth, I'll deny you in heaven. And I don't think that that meant that God was going to, I don't think that it was specifically, but it was more in the sense of trust that he's calling me to something different. Mm-hmm. And then the other scripture was like, you do not need other people. Like that's the other part of the scripture. It was basically saying, you don't need other people. I give you everything that you need. Yeah. And I've always leaned in with mm, others. Good. I didn't trust myself. I am, I'm going to tell you right now, something I've learned in this past year is I am pretty darn amazing when it comes to designing things, mm-hmm. when it comes to creating things, especially in Photoshop, uh, uh, any video programming, like all that kind of stuff. I'm actually very, very talented at it. I've built yeah. websites. I've, and, but I always I can know. attest to that. You are. You're so sweet. Thank you. But I just, no, thank felt like, you. I always felt I needed people to sit there and say to me, you're doing a great job because I didn't that believe you it. needed the verbal affirmation. The I praise needed affirmation. And, yeah. The biggest lesson I learned when that chapter ended was you do not need anybody. I give you That's everything right. you need. That's right. And not meaning that we don't need partners. Like my husband and I have a podcast called Catholic Family Uncorked. I'm Catholic mm-hmm. and, and, I need him. (laughs) You know, I love him. And we do it together and we're better together. It doesn't mean that that working in partnerships isn't good. It was more like we don't, you know, if you, if you're good at something, you know, you have a talent for it. I just want to encourage you. Don't look to other people to say you're doing a great job. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's like I say, um, when you put yourself out there and you're walking in your gifts, you're walking in your purpose, you can expect three things. You can expect each one of these. You can expect to be praised. You can expect to be ignored and you can expect to be criticized. And if you're not okay with all of those, then you're not, you're not going to last. Right. And so when I asked you what your catalyst was and you said, finally, I just, you know, had the shift of, uh, I need to stand up to my, for myself. I need to listen to my gut. I know just from, and I, I'm just going to put it out there because I know that you're transparent and vulnerable and brave enough to talk about it. But I know that after that, like, and this is what I want to draw attention to. So sometimes in the moment when those things happen, we can get an immediate peace, an immediate sense of response that this is the right thing. Like I can celebrate my no, I don't need to, you know, mourn and lament right now. Like, okay, I have peace about this. And yet, um, the aftermath of that can can very often reveal uh, repeated feelings 
of whatever our silver thread of lies is in your case, right. failure, not enough, whatever. And so I know that there were many times after that, that you were, you know, questioning that and um, questioning why God took that, which it's, it's fascinating, you know, listening to you because if, if you hear yourself, so here's what I hear. I hear this woman, you, Michelle, who says, I wanted to lean more into my faith and I wanted to be a person who would impact women more with my faith. And your business partner was moving in the opposite direction. And so essentially you were getting what you prayed for. You were getting, right, the end of that, the dissolution of that partnership that could not exist on that on that oh tension, gosh. right? I firmly believe. Um, so I actually had sent out, so I, I'm Catholic, right? I, am, I mentioned my Catholic family uncorked. Um, but I met, I sent out uh, letters to 60 convents all over the world, asking them, just asking them to pray, mm-hmm. pray for this work, pray that this is going, because my biggest fear was to start something with um, the intention of bringing women to healing with my faith being at the heart of it, and then turn it into an empowerment that is not in that direction. Mm -hmm. And so my biggest thing was I wanted prayers that God's will would be done. Mm -hmm. And that's what I asked. I said, pray. And so when this stuff happened, I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that God's will would be done. And I saw it happen. I remember crying and and talking with you about this, but um, there's, there's a song uh, by Francesca Battistelli called Defender. Mm -hmm. And it might've been you that sent me I think you sent me the song and I was <laughs> my eyes out when I heard it, but it was just all about how when we trust and we lean in that we, you know, he fights our battles. He goes yeah. before we know That's right. that he's even gone to win the war and he comes back with the head of our enemy yeah. and the enemy might just be where life's taking us. It doesn't have to be a person, mm-hmm. but the sense that when we lean in, sorry guys, um, when we lean in and we trust and we take steps, and this is what my blog article is about. When we take steps in trust, mm-hmm. he will pick up the pieces of the areas mm-hmm. that we fail mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because we are imperfect. Like you said, Sherry, there's mm-hmm. not one imperfect person on one, this There's earth. not one perfect person. That's what I mean. Sorry. Not one perfect. Yeah. Thank you so much for clarifying that. There's not one perfect person in this world. And so he can he takes all things and he, he makes them to good for those who love him. So. Yeah. After that happened, I, I will tell you, there were times where I remember one night I was in bed and my husband was snuggling me and I was just crying. And I was like, honey, I said, I fail at everything I do. Mm. I, and and I and my husband is amazing and he's a steady and he's so strong. He's not the he's not the bull in the china cabinet like I am. He doesn't just pick up and do things and go, um, which is great because <laughs> thank God he keeps a nice balance. Steady. Yeah. He's a nice balance, you know, but I was just like, you know, there's people who take big chances and then there's people who don't and the people who don't don't maybe understand the pain of what it's like to go out time after time again with these Mm -hmm. dreams and these hopes. Mm -hmm. And then in the eyes of the world, that's right to fail. Say that. I know what you're talking about right there. And I think that is the biggest enemy that we face um, is is how much we judge ourselves. So look, if 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 you have a vision for your life that you believe that God has given you, then the outcome of that cannot or 
the or the dismemberment or the uh, severing the disconnection from things that are a distraction to that, which in this case, Michelle, I believe that God said, okay, we're going to, it's, we're going to put that on hold because this partnership is a distraction. Maybe the, the, the bigger picture that you want right. to, that he wants to work in through you could not be accomplished in that way. And so he had to remove that. Right. No, absolutely. And, and, and that's, that's kind of like where I'm, where I'm headed is to share a little bit about, but I just remember that one night I was laying in bed and I was like trying to, so I, I wrote a book and I hit bestseller and then I had a falling out with the publisher and then I never really pushed it after that, you know? Mm-hmm. And I felt like I failed. I wasn't mm-hmm. Mrs. Virginia pageant. We all know that story. Didn't get past the first round or whatever. And it was really hard for me, but I felt, I felt I failed. And then I did this other uh, group texting business, you know, and it was big. It was a big deal. It was a big thing. I spent lots of hours, lots of time, lots of creativity to get paid nothing. Mm-hmm. And then that fell apart. And then it was like one thing after another. And I was just telling him this in bed and I was just crying. I was like, Trent, I said, I just, I'm tired. So I'm tired. I just, I keep trying to do something good. I just wanted to help. And here, all I've done is fail. Mm. And he just held me, and this is this is why God gave me such an amazing husband. You know, he held me and he said, Michelle, he's like, I know you struggle with seeing it like failure. He says, but I see you like a hero because mm-hmm. you get up and you do something and you fall mm-hmm. and you get back up again. Mm-hmm. And that really spoke to my heart because I didn't feel like a hero. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Maybe like a hero with a cape that got caught in a fan, but... <laughs> <laughs> no capes. Oh, right. With right. the tether wrapped around your neck. <laughs> That's from the Incredibles for the, if you haven't seen that, no capes. <laughs> uh, but what, what I ended up really over time. So, so shortly after this, I'm going to get to the point that I'm leading to, but it's going to be a little bit, a little bit. You'll get there. Time. I know it. I believe um, you. But so I'm sitting here struggling with all these dreams that have fallen apart. And I had a friend ask me if I had ever considered going back to work and she's super smart and just, I've always admired her and loved her. And I was just like, I was like laughing like, no, why would I do that? I keep teaching people about time freedom. And I understand if you work for somebody, you're changing your time for money, but you can find ways to like make money and not have to give up your time and it's residual and blah, blah, blah. And I'm sitting there thinking, why would I work for someone? But um, once she said it, like I couldn't unhear it and we were struggling um, Trent and I were drowning in debt, like just con- like we had so much debt. He was making enough money to help us get through each month barely. Um, but with the amount of debt that we had and the kids and what it costs to run a family, we were really struggling. And so I couldn't unhear the the question of whether or not I consider going back to work. Mm-hmm. So uh, Trent and I talked about it and made the decision that. I'd apply. You know, let me ask you, let me stop you for a sec. Did you take personal offense to it? To what? The suggestion that you go back to work. No, I actually felt honored that she would ask me because I had been out of the corporate world. Um, I mean, I had one small, one year where I was a social media manager for a company back in 2010. 2009 to 2010. But aside from that, like I really hadn't worked in the corporate world since Joseph was 
little. So we're talking mm-hmm. 15, 16 years. Mm-hmm. No, probably more like 17, 16, 17 years since mm-hmm. I had worked in the corporate world. And I'd always done things to keep my resume up. And I obviously with the group texting business and different marketing things I had done and even running, I had run a network marketing business for seven years, which um, I'd had a team of over 200 people and I had learned a lot of stuff throughout mm-hmm. that. And so, but the fact that she asked me if I wanted to work, if I wanted to apply, you know, and she, she did tell me, she's like, listen, she's like, I, I'd like, you know, when I told her, I said, what's, give me some more information. She gave me more information. I said, I might be interested. She says, well, just so you know, I'm not handing you a job. She's, there's other people applying. Like you have to fight for it if you want it. I can't yeah. say you're going to get it, but I think that you might be qualified and I think it'd be great for you to apply. So I was like, okay, now I have to fight for this job. And, mm-hmm. and Trent and I both talked about, it. we felt like it was the next right step. And I was nervous and I was scared. And the whole time during this application process, I kept saying, Lord, your will, not mine. Mm -hmm. 10 years ago, I would have been over the moon, excited. All I wanted was to go back to the corporate world. Mm -hmm. But I had changed so much and my heart had transformed. I'd gone a heart transformation, a body transformation, a mind transformation, a faith transformation, Mm -hmm. you know, and reconversion. And now I was like, I don't, I don't know. And so I was just like, God, if this isn't what you want, don't let it happen. I'm going to give it my best though. I don't, I believe that when, if, if I'm not meant to do something and I say, Lord, take it away if it's not for me, mm-hmm. but I know, feel like I'm supposed to head that direction that he will take it away if it's not for me. I really yeah. believe that. And so I gave it my all I interviewed and, um, I got the job hmm. and it was really weird because you would think, to one extent, stay-at-home mom, going to a full-time corporate job, wearing a suit, nice office, downtown Alexandria. Like, you again, you think I'd be over the moon excited. And I was excited, but I was also questioning, mm-hmm. like feeling like a sellout. I had sold mm-hmm. out on all the dreams. Um, and- This is so crazy. So I just did, which I'm sure you haven't listened to yet, but I just did an interview with Dee Borgoyne. She's a compassion expert. And she talked about that very thing. She talked about the um, temptation to believing that you're selling out. Right. Yeah. Right. Because this is the dream. The dream is, I mean, we all know it. If you're in the podcasting world, if you're in the book writing world, if you're in the impact world, you've done the social media classes and the groups and all this, and you know what's possible, you know that there's another way. Yeah. You know, but when you've tried over and over to make that way work. And for some reason, there's a not right now. Mm-hmm. And I believe a lot of that has to do with lessons I've had to learn. Mm-hmm. And some of them is very job, you know, um, but I did. I was I was really struggling. And every time that I, I would uh, I carpool with my boss on occasion and we, she would ask me, she's like, well, what are your dreams? Like, what do you want? What is your goal? What is your overall goal? What do you want from what do you want to do in the next 10 years? Like, I almost wanted to cry. Like nobody's asked me what my goals are like that. You know, I'm like, I haven't thought about it. Like what do I want out of the corporate world? Corporate world? I don't know what's possible. Like you ask me what I want and my answer was always, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And so I finally came to the conclusion and this was uh, about a month or so ago. And I finally told her, I said, listen, I said, my goal right now is to learn how to be the best business applications manager that I can possibly be. Mm-hmm. To build out this quality management system to help with the, help impact the company to the best of my ability mm-hmm. and learn what I need to do right now. 
I feel like as I settle into this, I will figure the rest out. So that's a really, um, really beautiful place of acceptance. Now you've been at this job for how long? I started in March. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Long time. No, 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 no. Oh my goodness gracious. (laughs) You are on the Thriving Thoughts podcast. And if you didn't know, Michelle, you are right where you are, right when you're supposed to be there. If you needed encouragement there, but I always say, start living in your story right where you are. And so Mm. it, it, to get to that acceptance took you some time. I mean, that didn't just happen. It's not like I said earlier, when I said, even though, you know, the thing is the right thing, even though that you can trust in God, there are, it takes time to fully embrace that and you still have fears. So my question for you is in the thick of that, over that time, prior to your, your really understanding that, you know what, this is, this is where God has me. This is where I'm going to be the best business applications manager I can be. Can you share with us a little bit about some of the thought struggles that you had in the time leading up to that based on this transition from going from this person who wants to be impactful and, and uh, lead in various ways to now being employed and doing something that you had totally unexpected. Right. Um, First of all, I had a lot of, I can't do it moments. Um, I had to come in and I had to immediately create a plan for the business applications department. I had to, I had to do a lot of things I'd never done before. Mm-hmm. And it was really hard because, and this is, this is another, this is one of, one of the reasons I know I'm here is because I was terrified of putting something out that wasn't perfect. <laughs> and I've been blessed with an amazing. I'm sorry, I'm laughing at you again. Up. Oh my god! <laughs> I want to like turn your mic off, and I can't because you're in charge. Um, anyway, but so that was the thing. It's like I I didn't realize how much I struggled with perfectionism. Yeah, and it's held me back. Part of the reason why I was not as successful in some of my other stuff is everything I put out had to be perfect. The post had to be perfect. A picture had to be perfect. A plan had to be perfect. And until I got it to a point where it was perfect, I wouldn't put it out or I wouldn't do it. And I've been blessed with an amazing boss and and coach who who is challenges me. She knows me. She knows that I want to be challenged, and she does. She's like, you need to have this out and don't come. She's like, don't ask me a ton of questions. Like, I want to see what you come up with on your own. Mm -hmm. She knows what I'm capable of. Yeah. And so I'm going to tell you what a gift that's been um, because it's forced me to not ask questions and to what what, exactly what I said about the one of the big lessons I learned when I left the women organization was, or I didn't, when I put that on hold was that um, to learn how to trust my own self and my talents and my abilities. Yeah. So this put that lesson into play where I well, was forced to do it. Yeah. And there's two things there. So one of the reasons that I decided to theme the third season thriving in the thick of it is because people don't, for the most part, believe as, you know, this kind of odd way that marketing has of putting out things like thriving. Like it's just, you know, you're leaping through fields, you know, um, happy, go lucky. That's not thriving. Thriving happens in the middle yep. of a struggle. It doesn't happen after. It doesn't happen when you feel this liberated feeling. The thriving is the learning. Up. <laughs> the thriving is the learning and the growing. And so I love that that 
that I, the reason I had you on the show is so that you could share with us in this unexpected shift, unexpected, you know, train track. Um, what do they call that anyway, when the train tracks change or. Oh, right. That. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like they pull the go- lever and they switch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going okay. in one direction and then, oh, no, I'm going to go this way. So that's kind of what I see, you know, just as being your friend, that's that's happened to you. And so I wanted to know in thriving in the thick of it, that means what are you learning about yourself in the right. thick of it, in the thick of the right. unexpected? And so this is really beautiful. So the two things that I've heard from you so far that you've learned about yourself is one, even though you had a lot of I can't do it moments, what you've really learned is I can. And I will, and I have, and I will keep doing that, right? And then also you said that you've learned what a perfectionist you were. Now, my question is, have you tamed that perfectionism beast? Are you learning to do that as well? A little more every day. So I've learned um, to, like, I, if, if I'm going to put something together, like I recently put together an explainer video to explain something that I'm working on. And... I, instead of asking a million questions, I did the research. I went to a lot of different websites and blog articles, and I read a lot about um, the the particular thing that I'm building the video on. And, and I came up with something that was not just acceptable, but that, you know, uh, my boss had very few changes on. And um, I was really proud of myself, proud of myself for not asking questions. Because the reason why I, and I've done this my entire life, I always ask a million questions is I want to get it right. I want to get yeah. it right because I want it to be perfect. And because, so, but I got to challenge you because why? Because if it's perfect, then what? You know, and, and this is what I've been, I, I have been thinking about this. Like, what if it's not perfect? And it's like, I don't want to fail. And I'm sure that's connected with being enough. Like I want to be enough. Yeah, I want to be yeah. successful and why do I want to be successful? Well, you know, there's like a million reasons behind it. Like for me, there was always that wanting to offer my children more, wanting to offer, um, be a better help to my husband, wanting to impact the world. And so I don't know how that connects with not enoughness. I think it's more of a fear. It, it goes again, maybe, and, and this actually brings me to, it's a whole part of the thriving in the thick of it. There's, I've always had my entire life, in addition to not feeling like I was enough, I had this huge fear of being forgotten. Like when I was little, I remember um, that my parents, my dad uh, was going to have a play date with a gal um, that he knew through work and their family, they're a really good family. And they had set up a play date for me because we didn't have a, a lot of friends. We lived in an isolated part of Texas. And so I remember standing there in my mom's flower garden, waiting for them to come and waiting for them to come. And I remember saying to my mom, did they forget me? Are you sure they didn't forget? Are they still coming? Um but that particular memory is just really strong in my mind and my heart yeah. because I had this terrible fear that they'd forget me and I'd be forgotten. And I've always loved the forget me not. And so um, for the when I got this job and I accepted it and I knew that this is where I, I knew that beyond a shadow of a doubt that I was where I was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I knew that. However, I would sit there and I, I sometimes pull up this one chapel that streams live on online. And so I would be at work and I'd just look at this chapel and this beautiful image of Jesus. And I'd be like, why am I here? And I want to cry. I'm just like, why am I here? This was not the dream that I had. This was not the ding, dream. Ding, that- ding. Yeah. <laughs> but this like, this is not the dream. This is not impacting women's lives. This is not helping people be the best version of themselves. This is helping a stupid business application plan. And 
I don't know what that's going to do to help people have a better life and, and help them whatever. And so I'm sitting there having these little interior tantrums, mm. but also trying to be calm and, and step into what God's calling into. It's this big struggle. Like, yeah, yeah. There's struggle. a tension there for sure. Right. And so I ended up, and this is where my peace came from because I was not, I would just, I felt forgotten. I felt this, like, I firmly believe that God places a desire in our heart for a reason. And I have this dream. Or this vision, it wasn't even a dream, it's just a vision of me standing in front of a crowd of women, just saying, you're enough. Like, like I just had this, this desire within my heart and this vision, and it was something that I did that was just bigger than what I just imagined up. It was just, I feel like God speaks to us through our desires. And so I really felt like that is what God was calling me to. And here I am, instead, sitting here working on a business applications plan. So how do you reconcile that now? So I went home for my father's 80th birthday and I went to see some of my sisters and everyone's talking about the stuff they're doing. And my sisters have worked for years, taking care of their kids and worked. And, and I, I have a new admiration for them for everything yeah. they've done. But I just remember having this unsettled feeling in my heart. And especially because my parents have, have always helped others. Like they've always done these big things to reach out and, and ministries and stuff to help people. And so being home, I felt sad again, just that struggle with why am I here? That's the question all every time. It was just like, why am I here? And I went to a mass for my dad's birthday. We had a mass and right after communion, I was kneeling there and I was just praying and I was asked, I just asked that question. I was like, Lord, why am I here? And I heard him say to me loud and clear in my heart, I have a plan for you. And it wasn't, I have a plan for you. It was, I have a plan for you. Hmm. And I just knelt there thinking about that. Like this person who feels forgotten, that these dreams I felt God placed in me and they just failed one after another, you know? Yeah. And I was just like, but I heard him say that. And I just knew that this was part of the plan. And I may never know what he's doing with it in this life, mm -hmm. but that my call is to trust that this dream that he put in my heart is still in play. Mm -hmm. I just can't see it. Yeah. And so, and I'm crying, but I'm like, because it was just such a, a, a big thing for me to hear that in my heart and to hear the way God said, it wasn't like that. I have a plan for you. Like Michelle, mm -hmm. I haven't forgotten you. Like, yeah, they trust, like, I've got this, I've got you. Well, it's really interesting that you bring up this, um, you know, th these are not my dreams. And so the message that I heard yesterday in, in a service that I attended online was, you know, very often we take to prayer our dreams and our hopes, but how often do we say, God, what are your dreams? <laughs> we say establish my dreams, right? But right. we don't, we don't, we say make a way for my dreams. I do the same thing, right? Make a way for this right. book to be successful, make a way for this podcast to be successful. But how often do we say, what are your dreams? And I think that you've been placed in a unique position, which to me is a grace and not a burden uh, to have been offered the opportunity to be in a place where you say, okay, you are showing me right now 
what your dreams are for me. And I'm going to live in my story right where you have me right now. Right. And I'm trust like- that the rest will come to play because you said you have a plan. Right. And it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a trust walk. It's that, and that's what God, I mean, you know, if you live, if you're Christian, you live that life of faith and then you, you read the Bible and you hear the word of God. Um, that's something that he says over and over again is like, he's got this, like he, we just need to trust and he provides, he always provides. And so my word for this year, it was really interesting when I chose my word last year, I didn't really choose it in the sense of, it's just like, it always comes to me. The word always comes to me. And when I heard this word, I was like, yeah, no, that's a boring word. It's not my word for this year. And God always bops me on the head. I was like, he takes a bat and he hits me three times um, when I'm not (laughs) listening. (laughs) But he does it oh so much more gently than you ever would to yourself, does he not? Oh, he does. No, he does. And so um, the word that I ended up, choosing the word I was given was the word present. Mm-hmm. And I was like, present. And can I just tell you how much this year God has taught me about being present? Like I can sit here and that's all this job is making you be present. This job is making me present that I have a plan for you. Mm-hmm. It's that trust that, you know, if I'm not worried about tomorrow and I'm sitting in the trust of what God has for me today, then A, it takes away all the fear and the worry and the doubt. That's and right. B, it gives him the clay. It's us because he's given us free will, right? Yeah. So it gives him the clay to say, okay, mold me, shape me. What do you want? Yeah. And and we step into that calling yeah. that he has and being present. You can't do that without being present. You can't trust without being present because then we're worried about tomorrow. Right. And when you are present, you have the opportunity to listen. Most recently, November 1st, I started my own personal kind of um, increased intentional search for God's wisdom and not my own wisdom. And so I've been uh, reading a proverb every day, not a chapter, but a verse every day. And uh, so obviously I'm on uh, chapter one, verse nine today, because it's the ninth of... (laughs) November, as we are uh, recording this, and um, the thing that the prerequisite to all of this is to say and to believe this simple truth that God's wisdom is better than mine. And so if I really believe that, then where he chooses to take me, I know is better than the path that I could have chosen for myself because where he is taking me is better than what I could have envisioned for myself. Have you told your listeners your your bird story? No, huh? <laughs> Maybe I'll t- I'll talk about that on my solo episode. Okay, I don't want to do solo episode, but you got to tune in, and she'll talk about that because it also has to do with trust. You yeah, know, and knowing the bird that story, bird story. <laughs> I know I it's very to- powerful. I know, I know. So, hey, listen, this is—is is there anything? I, because I have like one, two questions maybe left to ask you. But is there anything that you wanted to be sure um, that you added about your kind of derailment journey and how you're learning to thrive in the thick of that? Is there anything you wanted to add about that? Just that um, I know I'm not the only one who's had their plans derailed. Um, and I just, <laughs> there I go again. I'm so insensitive. You're so mean. I don't even know why we're so I, friends. I only laugh when it's just absurd. It's just ridiculous. You know, like we're so mean to ourselves with the things we believe. Anyway, go ahead. That's we right. Are, no, but, it, but it's just that sense of, um, 
it's so easy to get caught up in worrying a, you know, do I matter? Does, am I really called to make a difference? Yeah, is, that's good. Um, am I really a failure? Um, there's a lot, it's easy to ask ourselves a lot of these questions and then to accuse ourselves. Like I was talking to a friend recently and I said, I had this really powerful moment, um, where I saw myself in a ring and, um, this is when I was in the thick of it actually. Uh, and I saw myself being beat up and I, I really struggled for, the, for a while there. I'm getting better at it, but I really struggled with trusting other women and especially in the group that I'm with is a really wonderful group that we all blog together, but just trusting that their intentions were right. Yeah. And so I, I mentioned, uh, I was, I was, we were having a sharing moment. I said, you know, I, I had this image of myself and I was in a ring like Rocky and I was being beaten up like crazy. I mean, I was bloodied. I, so there was no like eye of the tiger pounding in the background. Oh no, no. And I, was, <laughs> I was losing, I was in a losing battle, but I kept getting back up. But when it's like cameras zoomed out and it was, I just remember I was driving and it's like, I was, I was just thinking these and it just, it just came to me and it was just like, oh my gosh, because as the camera zoomed out, the person beating me up was me. Mm-hmm. And I thought that I had stopped doing that because I've gone through cycles of healing. Yeah. But after this year of heartache and hurt, I fell back into that struggle mm. of trying to have the thriving thoughts and knowing that I'm mm. valuable and knowing yeah. that I'm worthy, but falling into these moments of being like, man, you should have said this. You should have that. Like that was just being your own worst enemy, being my own worst enemy. Yeah. And that was just really powerful for me to see that because I love yeah. Rocky in the ring. I always talk about it. I want to get back up. I'm going to fight. Yeah. Um, but when you're fighting yourself. Yeah. That's a pretty powerful image. And I know I'm not the only woman That's right. who has struggled with that. And so I just want to encourage you to keep getting back up and fighting, like like you the using the 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 tips and the tricks that, that I know that Sherry and other women have shared on this podcast, but to be very intentional about taming the wild Mustang brain, like not letting your brain go there. Mm-hmm. And when you see yourself beating yourself up, like stop and retell the story. Like I'm proud of myself for the things that I did. Cause I know I did them with full heart. Mm-hmm. I put all of my heart into them and I know that God can take all things and use them for good. So I don't know where I'm headed next, but I do know that before all of this happened in May of last year, um, <laughs> I wrote in my journal, a little message, little letter to God. And I was like, Lord, I love you. I want to be your hands, feet and heart on this earth, but I'm a hot mess. Uh, And I I mess everything up. So I want to be your hot mess. So you take it. You created me this way. Take this hot mess and fix it. Yeah. It's your problem now. And after I did that, it was that day, that day when I came back from Leesburg and I was crying and talking to you and whatnot. Um, but it was that day that things started to quote unquote fall apart. But the <laughs> word the Lord gave me was, and this so is you the, ask me to surrender God. I do that. <laughs> and then everything falls apart. And the word. Yeah, no, everything fell apart. Like literally everything I was doing a year and a half ago is different. It's not the same at all. And the word the Lord gave me was it's not falling apart. It's coming together. Yeah. 
But, and that's what happens when we surrender. And so maybe he's going to have to clean up some messes in our lives. Maybe where we're headed, we think is the right direction. He's like, you know what? You learned some good lessons here, but this is really where you're headed. And someday you'll see that, you know? So right now I am here going to work uh, five days a week, except for this week, because I took Monday off, um, but five days a week and God has provided, we have paid off a ton of debt this past year, we paid mm. off over $35,000 in debt. And that's incredible. We've learned how to budget. We've learned all of these other lessons that for years have held us back. And so I don't know where the story goes next, mm-hmm. but I know that I have given my life to God. And I'm like, it's yours. Use it. You want me to go to work? I'll go to work. You want to take this job away? I will trust that you'll provide something else. But just sitting in the trust and the peace that comes with that and the heart wrecking that I've gone through this year. When I say heart wrecking, I mean a good heart wrecking. I mean like breaking down the freaking walls. I came in like a... Right. I totally think about that. Like a literally a wrecking ball going and like smashing through all the walls that we built. And I do, oh, I know. I pray that over. I pray that over you, my friend. I pray over you. That May I be God decimated. What? <laughs> May I be decimated. Yeah. That God wrecks your heart. And, and by breaking down the walls, it allows us to be wholehearted That's and right. to That's right. smile more and just step so, in. Listen, I have a, a one question for you. I asked you last year on the first episode, episode one. Hey, friends, go back and take a listen to that, by the way. <laughs> It'll, it'll be a nice little uh, journey for you from that episode to this one. Um, anyway, one truth that you'd like to leave with the people listening. What is it? Lay it on us. I have a plan for you. Oh my goodness, friends. If you are a person right now whose life has been interrupted, wasn't that a great encouraging conversation with my friend, Michelle You know, you do have a couple of choices when life does get interrupted, when your train tracks shift. You can tantrum, you can scream, you can cry, you can mope around, you can do all of that. Or you can do what Michelle chose to do and thrive in the thick of it. As she mentioned, she's learning a lot about herself. She's growing and she's learning to embrace this new plan and the promise that God has a plan, not just for her, but for you too, my friends. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you've been encouraged, I'd be honored if you'd share this episode with a friend. And if you're an Apple Podcast user, please do click five stars. And hey, why don't you write a review for us? That'll help us reach even more people. And until the midweek episode this week, my friends, you know what to do. Remember to speak truth over the lies so you too can thrive in any and every circumstance.